This is Elon Musk, and on the left, he's there and he's praying, and it says Elon's oh pull-out game with women. <laughs> and on the right, it's Elon's pull-out pull out game with Twitter, and he's just got the Superman vest going like this, because he's just top-notch. Just due to what I do, is constantly, like, just insane, like, just insanity of, like, doing a million things at once, traveling across, doing messages, yep. emails, calls, constantly just crazy. Lights, notifications, email, meetings, deep, like, you know, it was becoming harder and harder to do deep work because of how yeah. constantly the shit was coming at me 24 7. Mate, we're away. You made episode it. Episode 5, mate. We're rolling through the numbers. It's unbelievable. Episode 5, we've made a reel as well. And it's my face, you know, you're getting all the views because I'm just so beautiful. Lucky it wasn't your lid, mate. Well, it's your lead and we fucked up the subtitles on the first reel, so. <laughs> It's all right, mate, with my hokey voice and the way I pronounce things, I don't blame him. <laughs> mate, look at that room. Where are you? That looks phenomenal. Okay, so I'm in Vegas uh, at the Mirage. So I... At the Mirage, okay. <laughs> so... Yeah, go on. You're supposed to be working, but whatever. Supposed to be working. So I was in Milwaukee. I had the, had the two full-day, like, public speaking course, learning how to, like... Um, speak in front of people on stages, do the script. It was, it was intense. Uh, and then I head home on Monday. But Milwaukee is fucked, man. Like, it's literally... You've got to get... You, the only way to get in and out of, of Milwaukee is on, like, little dodgy-ass planes, like the Rex planes back in Australia. <laughs> like, I was, like, flying in on this plane into Milwaukee. It was... um, It's a really small place. And you can't get from Milwaukee to San Francisco. Like, there's not a, there's not, it's not a thing. Oh, um, okay. So you just stop over. So it's a four-hour flight. Vegas is like halfway. Or it's a bit close to San Francisco, but a four-hour flight from um, Milwaukee to Vegas. And then I'm, I'm heading out tomorrow. It's basically a stopover. <clears throat> Probably the better stopover places I could think of, to be fair, for a <laughs> for an overnight trip. But yeah, I'm, I'm out tomorrow morning to San Francisco. Mate, amazing. It and is. so how is, it, how is it being in the States? Like, mate, I ask you something, right? Like one day and the next day, like your life is like crypto. Where it's literally like one day in crypto is like a week in the normal world, right? One day in your life is a week in someone's normal life. Like I ask you, like, what are you doing, mate? You go, oh yeah, no, nah, I'm just flying over here, mate, going to this conference. Oh, then I'll fly back there and I'll just do some speaking gigs. Oh, and I'll fly back and I'll learn how to do this. It's mental. It's like you got unlimited stuff over there in the States, mate. It's, it's wild, man. It's been, so the, these two months, including this month, like, the travel plan, I've never been so busy in terms of traveling, right? So it's like San Diego, Miami, Austin, Texas, New York, DC, uh, Vegas, San Francisco, LA. And then I'm going back to Melbourne, back to Sydney, to Singapore, back to Sydney, to Gold Coast, Brisbane, back to Sydney, back to, and they're all different things. There'd be conferences, courses, partnerships, investor meetings, stopovers, working, like, it's literally just meetups. It's like, <laughs> it is It's crazy. You, you are the epitome of a digital nomad. Just go on wherever you need it, lad. I think crypto is like, crypto founder or crypto like business people are just like the ultimate most, it's like 100x leverage trading. <laughs> <In life>. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, just with life where you're like, you're like <laughs> that's true. It's like your business is on the internet. Your people are remote. You just, you only go to places if you need to be there. And like, yeah, if you're, if you're speaking or you've got investment rounds, those kind of things, just fly there. Amazing. It's, it's, it's been difficult in a sense of like the Australian time zone. Like you guys don't, it's like it's 5.30 here. Where was, where was I? I was in Milwaukee, which is 7.30 or 6 o'clock. I don't know. So you sort of lose track of time, but all you know is like you start work because I'm an early riser. I get up and get into it early. By the time 6 or 7 o'clock rolls around now, Australian wakes up. Now it's Australian time. So you have all your meetings between 6 and 12. So yeah. I, t I tend to be working somewhere between, I, I might go to the gym of the morning, or I get up, I meditate, we'll talk about meditation in a second, but I, I get up, shower, meditate, journal, gym, and then I'm usually into it by like eight, go through the day till work relatively hard, deeper stuff till four or 5 p.m. because no one's distracting me because the Australian guys are asleep, and then all the meetings start yeah. from like 5 p.m. till midnight and then wrap it up. This is something I'm still trying to work out. So I've been working with you guys for three and a half months, something like that. And all my previous jobs were just local ones, go to the office, some remote work. Now I'm working fully remote, which I got the hang of, that's good. 
but then trying to work with people that are in you know other time zones especially the states and then on either coast and we even had a uk guy at one point and even uh one of our developers went over to the uk it is mental it is so challenging where you're working through the day and even just when in summer there was a three-hour difference between the east coast team and and me uh, even like the 6am or, or 7am starts and then you go during the day as soon as you start right when you wake up your slack is already full of messages from all the stuff that's happened in the states it's just kind of global just following the sun going round and round and round so you're already catching up on that stuff and then you got your set stuff for the day you might have a few hours in the middle of the day then you get into deeper work like meetings that kind of thing but then the states come online and you need to talk to those guys as well to either hand over or just that little bit of communication that won't work async. It's it's seriously crazy. And the hard thing is like when you're the type of person like I guess both of us are, you want to put your best effort in and you want to do the maximum amount. Like I won't like log off and be like, oh, that guy can wait till tomorrow. I'm like, no, why am I making him wait? Yeah, it's it's super challenging to work out. You feel that guilt, that nearly the, um, the guilt if you know you're not you're not getting back and you oh, know, you're having to like the job. So this is funny, right? So this leads into one of my topics I want to talk about around dopamine and you know when I, when you talk about like hundred x leverage trading, sports betting, doing anything, it's all around this idea of dopamine. You're getting that hit. You're constantly doing things. You like you, you know your time, your money's out there. You're, you're trying to get a win. I've actually found myself. I only started to realize this in the last couple of weeks that just due to what I do is constantly like just insane, like just insanity of like doing a million things at once, traveling across, doing messages, yep. emails, calls, constantly just crazy. My brain would start to need, need it and needs the constant things happening, lights, notifications, emails, meetings, deep work. Like, you know, it was becoming harder and harder to do deep work because of how yeah. constantly the shit was coming at me 24 seven. Right, and my downtime, I usually maybe try and play a golf game of golf like once a week, something like that. But when you're traveling, like it's too hard, and you're just busy all the time. Like literally, my calendar's full, basically six days a week. Uh, but so then crazy. Sunday night for us is your Monday morning, so it's lit- so I I might have Sunday mo- like Sunday sort of up until four p.m. off, and then it's Monday morning in Australia, like it's fucking ready to let's time to rumble again. Anyway, so my 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 point here was what I was struggling to do was actually get deep into work and I was getting so frustrated because I had so much deep work to do, writing speeches, doing strategy, uh, building out contracts, doing deeper strategic work. My brain was like hitting this, this speed, but it wasn't even a speed, it was like a wall. Yep. And sometimes I, I genuinely couldn't get started. I was like procrastinating to a point where I just couldn't start. I'd be checking my phone now on Instagram, on social media. I'm like constantly looking for dopamine rather than actually getting into work I think maybe some listeners at home maybe you both have also fell in this trap of like oh 100% the, the short term wins yeah it it is so crazy where you get conditioned into these habits and you don't even know they're happening and this happens in the real world as well it's not just the digital world where if you're in an office you get into these routines where you get there you might have talk about your weekend you might have a whinge and then you go for a coffee or you go to the water cooler or you go get your favourite pastry or whatever it is and just these little things that compound over time and you think about the way that we work, right? Like it's crypto, it's fast, it's mental. And we work in Slack, Asana, Notion, Figma, email, all the shits, ping, 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 WhatsApp all the time. You're conditioning yourself five days a week to react like that. You're creating new neural pathways in your brain, right? And the more you create them and reinforce them, the more they need to be fed, the more they tell you to go and do the thing. And the reality is, man, like I've, I've had a week and a half off, right? So I've, I've had some leave. Ben's Ben's like taking the little leash off and he's like, all right, there you go. You can have a little bit of leave, mate. It's all right. It's all right. Just a little bit, just a touch. <laughs> and seriously, I'm just walking around. I'm smiling. I hardly use my phone. I don't even think about it, but it takes like, it only happened like yesterday, like a week and a half to get to that point. And when we think about what's happening, all these apps like you're a user on a phone or wherever you are and you've got all these apps on your phone and on the other side of the internet is these teams and these fucking teams of neuroscientists, data scientists, software engineers hacking your brain, your insecurities, whatever it may be so that you build habits and use their applications more. You've got no chance. 
Okay, that's a great point as well. This, this the other feelings I had as well. Um, you know, traveling solo and you know, you know, had a had a partner a while ago. You know, single now is what it, it was actually. Because I'd be on Instagram or like in between, like when I go to the toilet or when I'm like going for a walk, I like I feel as though I'd be constantly picking up my phone to just go check something yeah. and you know, like scrolling shit. I, I, I don't actually, go to the toilet without my phone. Yeah, how, how weird is that, right? It's like it's a habit. I'm like, and, what did I do when I was younger? <laughs> yeah. um, but what I felt, some of the, especially Instagram, what I was finding is that it was actually causing sort of like, I think it was inflaming like insecurities or like anxious feelings or like it was it was causing me to overthink a range of different things, whether it was comparing oh. myself or like thinking about what someone might be doing or like it, it was just, I don't know how to describe it, but it got to a point where I was like, I actually... I just basically bunch of watch YouTube videos and studied a bunch of stuff just like overnight. I was like, what the hell is going on? And because I tried to like mentally not pick up my phone, but that wasn't working because I'd still do it. So what I, I just went through and just deleted all that, deleted Instagram, deleted Facebook, yep. just deleted all the shit, deleted email off my phone. Yeah. And all of it was like this, it was like this piece. Like I know that sounds kind of cheesy, but it was like, the sort of the, the ding dongs and the, and the bells and you know I had I, I usually am on um, do not disturb and don't have notifications on it for anything anyway but this idea that I couldn't even there was there's this there's this gap now it's so much harder for me to get an email because I have to go on Safari I have to go on my password I have to figure out where the fuck my two factor is it's just not going to yeah. happen it's just yeah. too hard so now I've gone from checking emails from I don't know 30 times a day to twice a day on my laptop when I've got a break. Perfect. Like this this is something that I discovered and I absolutely love it. And just, just you talking about the emotions that come up when you're zombie scrolling on Insta and it's like you're comparing your personal truth to someone else's social mask. And like you see this person doing this thing and you're like, oh, they've got an amazing life. All this amazing stuff's happening for them. In reality, they spent five hours making it. They got a whole fucking team that's putting this together. They hate their lives. They're just as tired as you are. They got the dumb shit problems that you have. But you're mm-hmm. seeing this one, like one minute clip and you're extrapolating that to their whole life. And the reality is if you were like, okay, there's this person that I admire or look up to, you don't get to have just that one thing of their life. You have to have their entire life. And if you ask yourself, do you want that life? Fucking for me, the question is always nah. Because <laughs> there's always a lot of shit going on that you do not want. Now, man, on the notification, so email, that's the thing. Email is async. You don't need to reply. It is not instant messaging. Delete that shit from your phone. It does not matter. If something is super important, someone can pick up the phone and they can call you. So I've followed like exactly in your footsteps where all my apps are gone apart from Twitter I have on my phone. Everything is soft note. So I have to go to my desktop and literally log in and type all my stuff away into the desktop to actually get in. So just creating those couple of friction points, I'm not always like going in and scrolling because man, and then soft notifications as well. So nothing dings on my phone. I'm on do not disturb. The only thing that actually dings or like notifies me is calls. And I'm like, if someone's calling me, I want to be able to hear that. And man, have you ever gone into the settings on your phone under like digital hygiene? and see how many hours you use your phone and like what apps you use and how many unlocks you do per day. Have you ever done that? Oh, I haven't done, I don't, I haven't done the unlocks, but I saw the hours. I was like, oh shit. Seriously, like the average is like people spend over 30% of their waking hours on their phone, right? Adding crypto, I'm sure it's way more than that. And unlocks are like over a hundred a day. Like, so you think about it, you're unlocking your phone, you're looking at it, scroll, scroll, scroll. All right, I'm up to date, put it down. Like no one's waiting for me. No one's there. I haven't let anyone down. My duties are done. It's so crazy. Psychologically, you think you're missing out on something, or you're being pulled, and like you know something wrong if you if you if you start looking at it, right? Now I, I will admit I haven't gone from like complete cold turkey like this week. You know, traveling of an evening. What I did this week after my courses because I was like I'm fucked. I'm laying in bed. I'm like you know see what the see what the guys. Are. I downloaded Instagram for maybe like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, see what's going on, and then. And then basically delete it again, and then wouldn't wouldn't check it again for the for the next night. So although I haven't gone complete cold turkey, I'm not going to say that I've gone completely there, but I've gone from maybe checking Instagram, I don't know, like fuck, I wouldn't even know, maybe ten times a day, eight times a day throughout the day, yeah. to once at the end of the day. And this course, this was an intensive two day, eight hours each day course on like developing a script for public speaking, 
It was one-on-one coaching. It was a whole lot of content. It was intense. And I felt that I could attack those two days so much better without having the distractions and nonsense of all this other bullshit that was going on. I could just actually just attack those two days with my full brain and not have all this other stuff going on. So good. And we see this in other parts of our lives as well. Like for me, one of them's food. Like if you eat a lot of bullshit food, you become conditioned to it. Then, you know, all the uh, bugs in your gut kind of change. And then like they crave these kind of foods, right? But if you start eating well for a while, you no longer think about those kind of things. And like even in terms of accountability. So I got this mate and we use each other as accountability partners. And it's like, we're mates, but we're absolutely dogs to each other. And it's amazing, right? So what we do is like... <laughs> no, we're, we're good blokes to each other. We just dog each other. We just give each other heaps of crap. So like with him, he was like on Insta, like nonstop. It was wrecking him and YouTube as well. So like, all right, for the next two weeks, he's not going to go on Insta for more than 10 minutes a day. Every day he had to send me a screenshot, like proving that he was on there. And he had locks on his phone, that kind of stuff as well. And what we do is we have to set a bet. And the bet can't be no bullshit. Oh, $50, $100. Fuck it, I'll pay that shit. The bet's like five grand. So it's like, because <laughs> we right, right? So it has to be a stupid amount of money. It has to hurt. And then, because we've, we've never lost a bet. I think only one he lost. And I think that one was like a cheap one. It was like a hundred bucks or something. He ended up losing it. So what I did was I took this hundred bucks, right? And I went around and I bought like, I bought a beer and I'm like drinking this beer. I'm like, oh, so good. Oh, it's amazing. And they're like, oh, I've got all this food and went to the next place. And the next place he's just like, day after day, he's like, fuck you, you're such a dog. And like from then on, he's done like every single challenge. It's been this so good, man. Though. Like accountability. Yeah. Okay, so two examples I've got. One is this podcast. I've always wanted to do a podcast, it, but on my own, like, nah, it's all too hard. I can't be bothered. I'm gonna do something else, watch TV, do some work, whatever. Nah, like we've got it in the calendar. You know, we tend to like move it around a little bit because we're busy guys and across the outside the world, but it happens every week and we have fun and it's like, it's good because we are accountable to each other. Yeah. Uh, and I think that it makes the world a difference. The, the other one is Aman and I, I'm not sure if you know this, we've got a bet on to raise capital for Collective Shift. So we <laughs> nice. have, and this isn't just a fucking hundred, he's like, what is the number one thing that you do not ever want to do like what is the ultimate thing that you would like hands down never do <laughs> and i was like i will never ever ever jump out of a plane he's like right oh. i'm gonna bet uh, oh no don't worry. so uh it was jump out of a plane or bungee jumping so we, we took the second one because i was like fuck doing either of those so we took a bet that if we don't raise our target that i will to go bungee jumping <laughs> and we shook on it have you well, okay? Have you set a have you set a time limit? We're going to do accountability right now on this show. What is the time limit for the target? I actually can't remember because we had a few drinks at this point. This was a couple of months ago <laughs> at uh, at one of the at the crypto conferences. I, I I think it was like I think it was realistic. Like it was like by the end of the year, you know, we want yep. you know minimum target. And by the way, we're pretty fucking close. So I'm excited about that. Um, but it's like. I was like in the shower the other day, literally two, two weeks ago. I was like, you know, just not really feeling. I had one of those days. I was like, oh, you know, like a big sluggish day. But I was, I, it genuinely was like, no way am I fucking bungee jumping. Like, <laughs> get the hell up, get into it, yeah. let's hustle, let's grind, let's go. I would, I would skydive before I bungee jumped. I've heard those stories about like eye strain when you're like bungee jumping. Like when you go down, you feel like right in your face. I'm like, fuck that. I'll jump out of a plane. Yeah, no worries. Let's fucking go. But like bungee jumping, I'm like, ooh, like I would do it if I had to. Like I did an abseil um, years ago for charity and this was abseiling down a building and it was 220 meters, like the biggest, yeah, the yeah. biggest building in the city, right? <laughs> so like, okay, cool. And the worst part was I went to Japan like a month earlier and stood at the height that I would have to abseil down. And I was like, oh, fuck this. But something happened, like all of a sudden I was just not nervous, like leading up in the days, I'm like, look, it's the illusion of fear. There's lots of safety there. Let's go and do it, right? So anyway, we get up there. There's, there's four of us blokes. We head over the edge. It's like, it's a rainy day. It's overcast. You can't see that well. We don't get a great view. We start going down and I'm like, oh, going down. I'm shitting myself. I've got a heart rate monitor. I'm like 192 beats per minute. It is absolutely crazy. <laughs> I'm sweating and it's freezing outside. I'm sweating. And this rope is so heavy. You just have to feed it through. Like, man, your forearms are caning by the end of it, right? 
And then I get down and I'm like, oh man, that was amazing. That was great. Start walking inside. They're like, no, 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 this is halfway. You have to go over the edge again. And I'm like, fuck. Because <laughs> going over the edge is the worst part. You're literally That's standing fun. on the edge, looking down a couple oh, of hundred man. meters, right? And you have to be like, you have to step over. And this thing is not like you bounce off a window and you go down quickly. You're going down slowly, man. And sometimes you can't even touch the window. You're away from it. So anyway, the second time we go over, my mate Kim, he got, he's like, he's, he's a hard nut, man. He's just, how would I describe him? He's almost like an army dude, right? Like he's yeah. into all that kind of stuff. And yeah. he's got this GoPro on his head and he's standing at the top. And like, he got caught up because they were stuffing with his GoPro and we came down. So when we're on the second level, like giving him a shiver, ah, you were scared, mate. You wouldn't come down, ah, little bitch, all this kind of stuff, right? So then he goes over first, but he goes over and he slips and he smashes his head on the side of the fucking building. And I look oh. down and I see him and I see him down. Luckily, he just smashed his helmet, not his teeth. I was like, fucking oh. hell. <laughs> so I'm going real slow because the building's really wet. So we're all going down. And this guy at the top, like I wasn't into mindfulness or anything at the time, but he's like, just stop with all of you and just, and he's explaining mindfulness and just look around. And we did that. And I've never felt that much peace in my life. I felt it twice. Once was then where nothing else was in my head. Nothing else mattered. It was just us looking out. It's all you could think about. It was all encompassing. The only other times I've had it was when I'm in VR and doing certain things where it's just so stimulating and you're so in the moment. So anyway, we start going down and we start hear everyone cheering like, yeah. And then they go, ooh, and I'm like, what? And the wind just took us, man, and just blew us around. So the building's like this. We're on this part here and it blew us around the side no of the building. Way. Oh, man. But for some reason, my brain just snapped and just goes, yeah, this is okay. You're safe. But seriously, I watched the video and I should have been shitting myself. So we blew around and then blew back and we're just swinging. And then Kim and Mike actually got caught up. So Kim was like up and he got caught in Mike's rope. So he had to undo himself. It took him like five minutes. And then we ended up coming down, mate. It was Dude, wild. <laughs> great. How'd you feel afterwards? What was the feeling like once you got on the ground? Oh, king of the world, mate. Like I was just like, gave, gave a... Um, uh, Marissa hug like you know it was just amazing it was it was the greatest thing and then I'm like let's get some Malaysian food I'm hungry <laughs> it was so good man though, like that that idea of like taking action and going past your comfort zone and like you that is the goal like when you really don't want to do something or you know and just taking that action and getting yourself out of your comfort zone you know for, for me not not anywhere near similar but uh, like when I hired that Ferrari in Beverly Hills, I was like, no, no fucking way. I'd love to do it, but like, nah, like fuck that. Like I've never driven the wrong side of the roads, a Ferrari, like hell no. End up doing it. It was the most unbelievable experience. Like that now you can say, you know, I've been around Beverly Hills, you know, driving Ferrari. Not the, not the same story, but like that idea of just taking oh, action yeah. and doing something. Yeah. You never know what's going to come of doing the thing that you're afraid to do or don't want to do or just even a social situation or going to a dinner where you're like, oh, I don't know anyone there or a party or something like that. Who are you gonna meet? How that's gonna change you? The experience you're gonna have, the personal growth. That's the kind of stuff, that's where life starts, you know? Like you're so comfortable with what you've got now, but they're just on the edge there where you're not comfortable to do something are the greatest experiences that you will have in life. And it also, I think it kicks off further chain of events. Like I was thinking on the plane today, going back for me anyway as an example like a year or a year ago I was like I'm not doing content like I'm not getting in front of camera like no no way you know let alone speaking on stage and then like sort of a, a few things sort of ticked off and all of a sudden a year later we've got this awesome podcast I love I'm doing YouTube content TikToks Instagram reels and now I'm like got invited to that TEDx talk which by the way I'm shit scared of it's gonna be <laughs> hella nervous but it's going to be fine and it's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be an amazing learning experience and it's going to be great for the business, great, you know, personal development. But like that doesn't happen. You don't just go from nothing to that. It's, it's a bit of a, it's always a journey and you just open one door and it opens up another and that just seems how it works. Absolutely. Everything is scary until it's not. Like you just take that first step and you'll be absolutely fine. Everyone was scared before you. Everyone, like a lot of people have done the thing that you want to do. You will be absolutely fine, no matter what the challenge is in your life. I just want to wrap on what is 
your morning routine? Like, what is? Because I've been, I've been, I've been working on mine a little bit. It feels like I've got mine down pat. But I wanted to hear from your side. What, what, what All right. do you do in the morning first thing out of bed? So I wake up, I cry. <laughs> <laughs> I look, I look at messages from you, and I cry some more. <laughs> I have, a, I have six panic attacks and then I have 14 coffees and then I'm right. <laughs> That's three out of rolls and nine panadols. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to mix uppers and downers. It's a perfect combo, mate. And then I'm half ready for work, mate. <laughs> no, honestly, my, uh, my morning routine has been pretty average, but I'll give you my, my ultimate routine. And this is the one that I have used before. And I aspire to get back to. So this is something I'll get back to next week, I think. Um, actually, no, I'll just start it tomorrow. Fuck it. So it's literally... Okay. Well, hold up. Before you tell it, what, why why aren't you in your... What are, what are the things that have... Like, is there any learnings from like how... Because I've fallen this trap all the time. I feel as though I go on swings and roundabouts. Like, what's been the thing that has made you fall in this trap of not having that most ideal morning routine? Right oh, now? man. So I, I got very lazy. So I, was, I wasn't exercising enough. So my sleep was poor. Yeah. Um, wasn't doing enough. I was working way too much. So I was always thinking about work. Um, it was always on my mind. Uh, I'd be working crazy hours, not sleeping enough. And then the quality of sleep was quite poor as well. So I'd wake up in the morning. It'd be fucking cold because it's winter. So seasonal depressions kicked in. And I'm like, fuck this shit. And like, I have to wake up and it's pretty much just wake up and then get ready and go into a meeting. So like delay, 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 cause it's cold. I don't want to get out of bed, all that kind of stuff. I don't want to do the hard thing, right? Well, that's a good point because you wake up, like our, we basically push our meetings to the ultimate, most earliest point because we've got the US guys for you. Like it's the, it's the earliest yeah. possible time that works for you. So you're basically potentially, unless you get up at the fucking cracker, cracker dawn, Fuck, yeah, fuck yeah, exactly. Twice. You're like you're you're getting up just before the first meeting. Exactly. So get up, have a shower, get ready, and then go. So that that is my current routine. The ultimate routine is wake up, uh, walk to my study, meditate for ten to fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Then it would be go for a walk. So get outside, go for a walk, and for some reason, walking just clears my head. Feel a million bucks, absolutely amazing, firing on all mm-hmm. cylinders. Uh, if I want to do some push-ups or something quickly, have a cold shower. And then even in winter, that's just amazing. Like I have a cold shower and I instantly just start laughing. I feel great. It just turns all these switches on in my body and it's doing the hard thing consistently. It fucking sucks, but you keep doing it. You're like, if I can do that in the morning, I'm absolutely fine. Uh, and then make a coffee and have breakfast. And that that is my routine, mate. And by then I'm just absolutely golden. I haven't got the hang of working out early in the morning. I can't do that yet. Like I like lifting weights. Um, I yeah. generally do that in the afternoon or now I work from home. I can do it during the day. Like just after lunch is probably the perfect time for me. But yeah, yeah waking up, meditate, walk, cold shower, coffee. That's okay. the go for me. How about you? Uh, so for me, get up straight to the shower, sort of freshen up, come out. I did do cold showers, but here in the US, it's just weird. It's like, it's fucking, it's hot or it's off. It's like here, it's weird. Anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> there's no cold. There's no cold in the states, mate. It's just like no, hot or off. Like you, you want it hot or you just don't have a shower. Or you just it. want to have a shower, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so shower, meditate for probably like ten minutes. I I I studied not studied. I did a, a Vedic meditation course a little while ago, which was really good. They actually say t- twice a day for twenty minutes, but just not there at this point. I'm doing like ten minutes. I feel as though that's good enough. Then I journal. A journal's been a big oh. game changer for me recently. I stopped doing it for about a year and a half and just recently did it since I came back to the US and traveling solo. The clarity of thoughts and the way it calms my mind down oh, because yeah. there's, you know, where you've got so much going on, but what you mentioned about going to sleep, I do this before I go to bed and in the morning and it literally, it's like this, like it sort of sucks everything out of my brain and puts on a piece of paper and my brain just chill. It's just like, oh cool, you know, like, I'm sweet. And and even just talking through problems or questions I have and or, or concerns I have and then I actually answer my concerns in the in the journey, just whatever comes to mind. Very like therapeutic, nearly. That is amazing. So I've done that a few times. T- 
totally forgot about it. I'm going to go back to it now because it gets the thoughts out of your head and onto the page. And I saw this beautiful quote where it's like, if you're overthinking, write something down. If you're bored, go and read. If you're not sure, go and meditate. And like, I've used that little mental framework and it has just helped me so much. When I'm feeling something, I don't know quite what it is. And I'm like, well, am I thinking too much about it? Go and write down all the stuff. Like if I'm preparing for a trip or something, it always stressed me out. I get fucking travel anxiety, right? It's the most ridiculous yeah. thing. And I'll yeah. literally go down and write down all the things I need to do. And then I'm just instantly calm because I've got That's something right. on the page to follow. Yeah, now bang on. I think for me, like as anyone that's listening is like overthinker or like analytical or, you know, whatever, a bit insecure, whatever it might be. Like I think uh, journaling has been great help. Uh, but, but then I go to the gym. It's been relatively good where I've been. Like some places don't have weights, so I just do running on the treadmill. But the you know Milwaukee was great. Had like weights. I've got an app that I just rotate different you know uh, parts of the body. Like try and get there three or four days a week, and then then I come back and I said I I really have stopped like like phone away, not looking at my phone, not having any inbound stuff don't have any inbound stuff until you control the day and control what you want to achieve for the day and then do inbound so i set my to-do list look at the things that are most important the deep work maybe even starting some of that deep work before opening emails before opening slack before yep. getting into asana because as soon as you open up the floodgates it's fucking game over because you're like you're just now just hit with everything that's it and just speaking about prioritizing right that's the thing like you need to prioritize the things you want to do for the day before the day prioritizes you. And yeah. there's like, it's not just a morning routine, it's a night routine as well. At, at night, like I'll try to try to do, you know, work out at night every kind of second day, lift some weights, and that's good for a couple of days for me. Or I'll grab a footy and I'll just run and just boot it like <laughs> down the local park, boot the footy, sprint after it like 20, 30 yeah. times, something like that. Come home, that really helps me disconnect. Uh, and then I'll plan for the next day so I'll write down like, okay, <clears throat> these are my 90 day goals. This is what I'll achieve in 30 days. These are the three things that are non-negotiable that I have to do tomorrow and just helps me move towards my goals. And then I'll meditate at night as well just to scrub my mind of all the crap that happened in the day. And then I can be completely present for myself and my family for that night. Love it. Love it. I think, uh, I think with all of this stuff, it's about repetition and I struggle sometimes. I usually go in patches. I'll go hard for three or four weeks then sort of like just naturally lose it so I'm gonna I'm really trying to just keep that momentum keep it going because I know it works but for some reason my brain sometimes just goes I can't be fucked and I'll just stop doing it so I want yeah. to just keep that keep that moving keep that uh, momentum why is it that the things are so good for us our brains go can't be fucked where it's like exercise is like the best thing in the world for you and you do it for a week a month two months three months and then you'll be like yeah I feel pretty good can't be fucked and you go back to your old <laughs> habits Literally. Or like you're, you're crushing it at work, you're feeling good, you're feeling mentally healthy, you've got a lot of energy and then you'd be like, I'll just start fucking eating cheeseburgers, it'd be fine. I won't meditate that much. Like, it's so ridiculous, isn't it? That's what happens. It's like, what? You know, what? You know, why aren't we incentivized to do those things? Like, you know, everyone's looking for the quick fixes on fitness. Yeah. It's like, just eat healthy, go to the gym and drink fucking water. Like, it's all you need. Yeah. But it's so hard to execute. <laughs> it's This is the thing. And it's like, people are just the sum of their habits, right? And I literally wrote down, like I saw this doctor writing this thing and um, I had an injury ages ago, so I get a bit of niggling back pain every now and then. But he literally said, are you choosing acute pain or chronic pain? So in my calendar every morning, it pops up, are you choosing acute pain or hard pain or, or chronic pain? And what that means is, are you choosing to go to the gym today or are you choosing not to do that and you're gonna have really bad pain for the rest of your life? If you go to the gym, you will have no pain. Go to the gym, you fucking idiot. And it comes back to like one of these quotes where it's like, hard choices, easy life, easy choices, hard life. If you're making those hard choices every day to eat well, to meditate, to exercise, and you don't even have to do it every day, even 90% of the time, 80% of the time, you'll be fine. If you're making those choices, you will have an easy life. If you're making the easy choices of sitting down, not stretching, watching too much Netflix, not, you know, engaging with your partner or being present or being on your phone too much, you're going to have a very hard life and you're going to have seriously challenging problems to overcome. Yeah. I think Australians is in particular, you know, me included there, like we're very much like she'll be right, mate, sort of attitude. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, no, don't worry about it. It'll be okay. Or like, you know, it'll get better. Or like, oh, I'll do it one day. Or, you know, 
next I'll start next week or you know like all we those we don't really talk about it do we we're like nah you know even if you're feeling shit go yeah nah alright mate you know <laughs> like people people don't really talk about it and we've got the kind of you know Aussie battler and everything will be okay optimistic mindset when in reality we need to get in front of this and be like no I need to stand up for myself put myself first not have all this sense of obligation or guilt to do all these work things or things that aren't serving you and put your physical and mental health first. And it's like that analogy of like when you're in a plane, right? And you're fucking nose diving and the little things come down. What do they teach you? Put the oxygen mask on yourself first, then put it on your kids, right? And that's what you need to do in life as well. As hard as that is, because we want to put other people ahead of us. And even when we talk about accountability, why the fuck is it that if I'm accountable to someone else, or I have to do something for someone else, fucking 100% of the time I'm doing it. If I'm accountable to myself, I'll be like, ah, let it go, mate. She'll yeah. be right. No, I, I resonate with that so much. And even like dealing with those, you know, insecurities or things that you have personally before entertaining, well, not entertaining, but before like help, not helping others, but like f- for me, for example, like I, you know, since I've recently become single, I think the idea of like, I need to focus on myself and get me to here that's my yep. that's my number one goal because I felt I was probably down you know you know for my you know my my, my fall sort of just like let let the the cookie drop a little bit during yep. that time so for me it's like no like I need to focus on myself before I think about fucking anyone else you know I want to get back to the gym I want to get back into work I need to be like you know I just want to build myself up to a point where I, I'm a winner I'm just an A grade killer and then it's like then everything else is gonna fall into place. But yeah. if you start focusing on other shit first and you don't focus on yourself, like I think that's when you just fall into bad habits, you start drinking too much or you're just like hanging out with the wrong people or you just, you know what I mean? All those things yeah. start to creep in. And isn't it wild that when you focus on yourself and you do all those things, all that other stuff falls into place? Like mm. you start, start to attract people like you, whether they're going to be partners or friends or business partners or whatever it may be. And it's like everyone tries, well, not everyone, but there's this thing in our society where we need to focus on, especially in Australia and in America as well, our jobs. What do we do? How do we change the world? Or how much money do we have? All this sort of shit. And in reality, if you focus on your physical health, your mental health, how happy you are, all of these kind of things, all that other shit falls into place because you make better decisions, you're more effective at work, you're more efficient. You're just the best version of yourself. And of course, the best version of yourself is gonna get out there and get all those fucking things because you're feeling great. 100%. You're confident, I think confidence is a big one. You know, another example, like when I was in Milwaukee yesterday or the day before, um, I, I, I met someone during the course I was at and um, we, you know, we, we had a basically good day and then there was the Milwaukee uh, summer festivals called like a big music festival in Milwaukee. And we're like, fuck it, okay, let's go to the, let's go to the Milwaukee, you know, festival, and had an amazing time. Like when it awesome. had the concerts, and got the, did the bull riding, and I was like, what, <laughs> all this, like random Milwaukee shit. And in the past, I probably wouldn't have done that. I would have been like, ah, oh, nah, I'm tired. Like I want to, you know, I'm just gonna go, I don't know, like do nothing in my room. But I was like, fuck it, like let's go, and had a great night, you know. And yeah, probably never, see, you know, finished that, went home, was fine. Probably would never see her again. But she was a cool cool chick it was a good day you know and it was just good fun and I would probably have never done it before yeah and this is the thing like when you think about these scenarios you kind of get afraid and you think of the worst case scenario oh I don't want to do that in case this happens and you automatically go to that and that's a made up scenario right like that very rarely happens and if you're making up scenarios why don't you make up the best case scenario so this is the mental model I've started using because I've got a risk brain it always goes to or what could happen. And then I kind of, I, I studied, went to B school and then they teach you, I, I discovered that I was really good at strategy, uh, yeah. top the class in strategic management. And the reason for that is I discovered later was risk is the other side of strategy. So if I could go out and my brain's automatically, oh, what about this, 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 <laughs> right? Which is fucking debilitating. But then you're like, okay, that's the landscape. Now we know the you know the kind of field we're playing on how can we use that to our advantage right 
So, and then, so that's good. That's one thing I learned about myself, but I've still got that risk thing and it automatically go to, oh, you don't want to go and do that. What if this happens? It's going to be fucked. It's going to be shit. Your life's going to be shit. You're going to lose everything. You might as well just fucking die. So I'm like, great. If we're choosing scenarios, why don't I choose the best case scenario? So I'm like, okay, the worst case scenario is, let's say, um, Ben with you, with that girl, the worst case scenario is, I don't know, you say something dumb and she slaps you in the face. You never see her again. Yeah. The best case scenario is, you really gel with this person. She's amazing. You have great times together. You might even get together. That's the best case scenario. The reality is it's probably somewhere in the middle where you just go out and you have a good time like you did. And that is one of the best mental models I've ever discovered. Yep, totally. And, and I, I went to that place and like, and, and, and this wasn't like a, you know, trying to get a girlfriend. It was just, she was like a cool, she was like a mate, right? And the, my worst case in my mind was like, oh, I'm going to be awkward. What am I going to talk about? Like, I barely know this person. Like, fuck, we're probably there for like three hours. What the hell are we going to talk about? And then the best case scenario was like, I just have a great night. I see a bunch of Milwaukee and, you know, I move on because I'm leaving the next day. Like, that's the best case scenario. And that's exactly what happened. So, yeah. Uh, and yeah. you think about it like, fuck, man, we always worry about this stuff. And when you worry, you suffer twice, <laughs> right? Like, you worry and you suffer. And then if the event happens, you worry again. You think about the worst things and really the things we do to ourselves, the worst case scenarios are what we do to ourselves and they're in our heads. It's not the reality that will eventuate. And if you think about the worst case scenario, like going into a meeting or having to ask for something or something you're afraid to do, it never happens. People aren't like that. And people, they're just like you. They're just as awkward. They're just as anxious. They're just still worried. Like no one is perfect with this kind of stuff. Everyone's an idiot. Like you're all fine. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's stupid. <laughs> and when you start to realize that, you're like, oh, okay. You're not really afraid. You'll go up. You talk to anyone. You just, you just put yourself out there. Yeah. Just like everyone else. So uh, good. Bugs, let's, shift, let's shift gear a little bit. Do you want to go into the Elon Musk Twitter deal that uh, oh, was announced? Okay, wait. Before we jump yeah. on that, let's do meme of the week. Now, okay, last sorry. week, I did share my screen, but for some reason, it didn't come through. And mate, did I cop it? All of my mates were on it. They're just like, oh, you share your screen. You don't know how to do it. You work in product. You work in tech. You fucking don't know what you're doing. Oh, you're going to get fired. You're a piece of shit. And it just went downhill <laughs> from there. They're just fucking eat some new mates so <laughs> so this time <clears throat> we've got a youtube guy who's going to put it on the screen i'm still going to share my screen right and ben has told me this is happening so look if this doesn't happen all the hate goes to ben it's like ben simpson au on twitter you'll see his head just all the hate that way any love send it to baby Backberg on twitter but uh he he deserves well, well, it he needs a bit of a smackdown. <laughs> I noticed, mate, you got, you finally got a new pick. You got rid of your bloody drop bears. You got a, you got another pick now. You got a bio. You've, you've leveled up. Yep. You've gone from shitty profile pick, no bio, to like, you're in the game now, mate. You know you know what this was? This was during a time where I had, used to have my face on there, but I started to get into all these DAOs and NFTs, and it was all a non-crowd. And I started thinking like, oh, <clears throat> I'm in Discord. I'm posting all this stuff. If anyone sees, I'm pretty much going to jail. And, like, just <laughs> and then there's also the like oh i don't want them to know like what i'm into what's happening i'll use this as an anon account and then i'm like well fuck it i'm doing this podcast people know i work for collective shift all this stuff happens look if you don't like it you can suck a fat one honestly and if <laughs> that's just the reality of the situation like i can't be bothered with administering multiple accounts and doing this stuff people know who i am they know what i'm about even people have said to me, they're like, Bergs, man, when you're on the pod, that's exactly what you're like in real life. I'm like, yeah, son, would you expect any different? Like, I'm not going to put on a front or do any bullshit. This is just who I am. Anyway, so yeah, I've changed the the, the profile. Uh, got the pic that actually looks like me, which is wild. It's this bit moji thing. And uh, my partner made it and she shows me. I was like, holy shit, that's me. That's gangster. So, <laughs> so put that up. And I, got, I, I looked at your profile. I was like, yeah, the next one's going to be the LinkedIn one. Do it across all the socials, mate, and get it going. Nah, love it. All right, all right show me the let's, meme. Let's, let's jump into it, mate. So, so this is meme of the week. So this is Elon Musk, and on the left, he's there and he's praying, and it says Elon's oh pull-out game with women. <laughs> and on the right, it's Elon's pull-out pull out game with Twitter, and he's just got the <laughs> Superman vest going like this because he's just top-notch. 
It is so good. So Elon, he's a lad. He's had many, many partners. He's got about a million kids. Uh, his plot game ain't strong. <laughs> but with Twitter, <laughs> he went in. He's like, I'm acquiring you guys. That's it. You're going to be mine. And then he's like, nah, and his plot game is just strong. And then to back it up, Elon Musk, he posts this on Twitter, doing my best to help the underpopulation crisis. A collapsing birth rate is the biggest danger civilization faces by far. He's legit backed it up. He's going to have about a million kids. He's getting amongst it. Elon Musk, meme of the week, baby. Love it. <laughs> He's um, following some of that stuff. So he basically had, what, another two kids with a staff member of his. He's recently divorced. He's got already six I didn't kids. hear that. I heard. I knew he was with Grimes and they got divorced, right? And they had a kid. Yeah. So now he's got a, a kid with a staff member. Two kids with a staff member. Yeah, two, two kids. She works for the That's Eurolink. Cool. Eurolink? Neuralink, one of his companies. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the brain thing, yeah. Yeah, and then he comes out that and goes... That is wild. I, I'm doing it for the, you know, because the birth rate's slow down. <laughs> you can't make this shit up. You know, what I like about Elon is he knows what's coming and he gets in front of it. Where I think there was like... um, it, Was it a sexual assault thing or was it a weird thing that was kind of happening that was going to be put out? And he got in front of it and he was just like no, this is what's happening. There's going to be a lot of political bullshit coming out about me. Yeah. And if something comes out like the underpopulation thing, um, you know, with his pullout game, which was hilarious, and then he leveraged that meme to then tie into the stuff that's going on in his personal life, he just really gets amongst it. He's like a month or two ahead of things that are happening and the huge following that he has, he's able to frame that for people before the situation happens so they think of it through his lens rather than their own or the other person spinning the story good positioning uh, and I didn't read too much into it I saw the headline say I was getting the plane there so he's basically put out of the Twitter deal I think from what I read correct me if I'm wrong is that Twitter basically or he's saying that Twitter wasn't giving him the data on the bots that was one of his biggest like issues and he wasn't getting yep. that data from them they just kept stalling so he goes fuck you I'm not paying you money then and now I saw that the board are threatening and or are now taking legal action because they think that there was enough of the deal done to, to you know yep. to, to warrant the payment so exactly are you getting I'm getting spammed by so many bots man it's ridiculous do you get the same thing on Twitter like oh, DMs yeah. yeah all the time <clears throat> it is ridiculous and even though he's talking about bots that may be one thing in the contract that they had to do before they come to negotiating terms but look here's the reality of the situation he was paying what was like 50 54 20 420 baby for a for a share for Twitter and what happened? That was like a premium of, I don't know, 10 or 20% on the Twitter price. So the reality of that is if you make a good offer, shareholders are gonna go for it. What happens? That sets the new price. So the price went up to that amount, 54.20. You know that's what you're gonna get. That is now the new market price. The problem with that is the deal's starting to go through. Twitter has fallen by about 47% to about 36 bucks, right? So Elon's paying all this money He's paying at 54.20 and it's only worth 36. 47% decline. Anyone with business sense is going to want to get out of that deal because it is bullshit. And I think there's a clause in there where he has to pay a billion dollars to get out. Great, it was a $44 billion deal. It's now worth 22 billion. You have to pay a billion to get out. You save yourself 21 billion, amazing. So I think he's just setting that up to either increase his negotiation posture or to get out of a bad deal. And yeah, you just see that reflected uh, in the share price. Well, yeah, all the tech stocks sold off, like everything's down. And I think it took another 5 or 6% tumble after that was announced it wasn't buying Twitter. Um, yeah. But then there was also the, all the uproar of all the staff apparently weren't, well, not all the staff, but there was a lot of staff that weren't going to be very happy about him. Like, I feel as there's just so much, like, so much... Twi- are, Twitter, are Twitter the whingiest staff on the planet? Aren't they? Did you see that video of like the Slack <laughs> recording? So, like, everyone no, no, what screaming. happened? What happened? Oh, someone was like screen recording all these channels. It was literally, you can imagine Twitter's Slack channels, like five, ten, I don't know how many thousands of people. And it was just like Slack channels set up ripping shreds off him. Like, you know, as he was doing his live video to the to the team. And then yeah. just all the staff getting there just fucking ripping him. <laughs> Could you imagine what it would be like if Twitter was privatized? But even these big tech companies, right? Like they're, they're private, then they eventually go public. They've got all these kind of, you know, laws and disclosures and the things they have to do now. But all my mates that work in big tech, they're just like, 
you can just disappear. Like, have you ever, you watched Silicon Valley, the TV show? Yeah. 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 So like the guy, Big Head, they hire him and then he's like, what do I do? He's like, I don't know. So he just goes up on the roof and just sunbakes all day and just chills out because they've got so many people doing all this stuff. And this is what the My First Million guys were talking about, where they're running these startups and they're like, oh my God, this guy from Google or Facebook is applying. And they're like, great, your first 90 days, what are you going to do? And like, how did you make this decision with this product? And it's all like, well, there was a committee and the decision was made for me. Then I kind of went away and did the engineering. There's no like, you know, grab the bull by the horns. This is what we're doing. We're changing everything. We're going to have this kind of cadence. You know, that's the kind of stuff you want. And it's just unbelievable where they're big bureaucratic businesses where people have so much luxury and time to sit around and complain about these things. It's phenomenal. It's like running a country. It is. It's too too many people, too many, too much friction to actually get things done. Yeah. High performers aren't rewarded that well because it takes so long and it's bureaucratic that you've got all this spare time and slack in your day to talk about these things. Mm. Super wild, man. Imagine being a CEO of a company with like five or 10,000 people like that. You're not doing any work. You're literally just managing people. Well, you are because you're doing the public facing, like talking and fucking board meetings. Yeah. Like, it would be so bureaucratic. It'd be, be so painful. It's like your job at that level is literally set tone and direction, talk to your exec team, make sure they're aligned and talk to the board and be the front face of the company. That's as far as you go. Like you, you hire exec team and you incentivize them uh, and then just, yeah, just... <laughs> Well, pretty much at that point, you're pretty much in fucking depositions all the time in court, Literally. like getting fucked you're on, like where they're calling you in. Yeah, whether you're Google, Apple, or whatever, and they want to know about tech, privacy, or antitrust stuff, they want to break up your company, or yeah, it's it's a bum deal, man, like running a business that big. What are you thinking about, mate? You want to grow Collective Shift to a billion dollar business. So we've got, what, a handful of employees at the moment. We're gonna get. We're gonna get more. We're gonna grow. Where do you see see yourself kind of going with this? Are you gonna lead that huge company? What What are your thoughts around this? Or what are the stages to get there? That's a good question. I think it's probably model. It's similar off the Morning Brew. You know the Morning Brew newsletter. Yeah. Alex Lieberman was one of the co-founders, and it basically they got acquired. I'm not sure how big they are now. They probably have at least a couple of hundred staff. And he went from CEO, I think he was CEO, to now the chairman. And he basically took this more front-facing role, wanted to get more into content, but just you know hired a professional CEO to basically run the company. And then he just yeah. went and did shit that he wanted to do. I think at some point that'll get to that that level where, um, for me, it's just about enjoying it. And, and also the, the, the most value of the company. If it gets to a point where I'm actually not enjoying it as much, being the CEO, but there's this certain part of the company that I really want to focus into, whether it be product, front-facing, strategy, whatever that might be, uh, versus it gets to a point where it's like, actually, I see a lot of value in getting a an A-grade CEO that has done this before yeah. to take us from you know, point A to point B or you know, point D to point E, and that would be the best thing for the company, then I'd do that. So I think it's a bit hard to tell at this stage because we're not, I haven't, you know, yeah, yeah. we were not there yet and haven't been there at that point. Uh, but I just want to follow my passion, follow where I can add the most value and where I can add the most value to the company. And if that's in a different position, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that at, at that point. I think so that's kind of a little while down the track though, right? Because it's, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't trust, I wouldn't trust any fucking motherfucker like running, you know, run the business. Oh, like, you know. That's, <laughs> that's it exactly. Like even the CEO of Spotify was saying like, okay, we're going to be a public company now. It's going to take me two years to become a good CEO. And he started working on those things, but you have to want those things to put the effort in to be that kind of person. And the way it was explained to me was generally there's starters and there's runners. So starters are zero to one and runners are one to N. And I just love starting. I love building stuff. I like creating it. I like there being nothing, then there's something. I still like iterating on it and going with it. But if we get to the point where it's like, I'm the chief product officer and I've got, I don't know, 20 product managers reporting to me and doing all that kind of stuff I'm like oh I don't know maybe I will enjoy it maybe I'll get to that point and be like yeah this is what I want to do Uh, but at the moment I'm just enjoying it way too much just getting in the weeds creating something from nothing throwing it out there getting the feedback and just just making awesome shit and everyone's doing shit everyone's in it everyone's like we're we're, you know a building a bear market it's like back up against the walls it's it's so much fun how good's the feeling though like that like man you get so complacent when you have so much money but when you have scarcity 
that's like scarcity is literally your friend you're like no i have to focus i don't have the luxury of spending too much time or money or people or resources on this thing it has to be the thing and we all move together in you know the same step we go in the same direction to execute on these things because the only thing we can control is our effort and what we put in we can't control you know what the market says and everything else or when the money comes in and it's just so nice to have that focus and not have tons of cash and be like, oh, we could do this, we could do that. And that's when yeah. you really lose focus and you need to stick to your strategy, right? When you're on top is when you're the easiest to get knocked off that perch. And you build that momentum, that scarcity, and then you, you know, you're celebrating those wins. You're building more lean, more profitable. Everyone's doing better stuff. Like it's a much better environment than raising $100 million and trying to you know, oh. just spend just burning money on fire. That's the thing where, you know, when you're raising money, the first couple of, you know, raises, you're on easy mode. And then once you start to build your company, you've got product market fit, then you're on hard mode. Because what you have to do, the the raises go more and more, investors expect more and more, and then you have to like hyperscale. And if you don't have that culture and that mindset in your company, because things have come to you easily, you're in a world of trouble. Totally agree. Whereas our company, we have all these shared experiences, all these things that we'll remember that we've fought through that, you know, that binds us, it creates cohesion, it creates trust, it creates really awesome teams that will then carry forward into the future teams that we build and the mindset that we have. Yeah, love that. And I much prefer that, to be honest. We're all like, you know, you know there's 10 of us just like grinding it out, hustling, accelerating those wins, making shit happen. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's awesome, man. It's so good. We're in the trenches together. It's, it's, it's fantastic, man. Hey, should we should we do meal of the week, mate? Have you got something oh, for me? I've got something for you. All right, okay. you, you go first, and then I'll go. All right. Okay, I feel as though you've got something fucking big, so I'm gonna share my. I've got something. We did say we were gonna do chicken burgers, but I didn't get around to a chicken burger this week. But I do have a meal of the week, and mate, you better be ready. <laughs> well, I've actually didn't get to a chicken burger either this week, so that's a. That's mate, a what's going on? You gotta stay usually, true to yourself, mate. Usually, <laughs> it should be I your morning bleed, routine. I usually bleed chicken, but I uh, didn't get to any this week. <laughs> so good, so good. Okay, here is what is fun- this? This is called a funnel cake. This is the first time I've ever had it. This is a. I'm pretty sure. I might be exaggerating. But I'm pretty sure this is a local Milwaukee dessert. Think of this as like a pancake meets waffle meets heaven. Oh, it's man. like this. It's like a do- oh meets donut. So it's like a donutty, waffly, pancakey tube that they like comes out of the thing and they deep fry it and they wrap it around and they sprinkle um, icing sugar on the top and it's fucking incredible. It is How big the was shit. It? Like it's probably like. Yeah, like decent. Bigger than your head, oh lad. <laughs> like bigger than bigger than my uh, bigger than my lid. Oh, it, it was it was great. The first time I've ever had it. I highly recommend. This reminds me. There's an Indian sweet called Jalebi's. I think it's J E L A B I S, and it looks like that, but it's literally they and it looks bright orange. If you ever see, if you ever go to Indian sweet shop, just get the bright orange one, and it's literally okay. sugar syrup that's deep fried, and then put more sugar syrup on top. Like seriously, <laughs> you'll be jacked. You'll be like. Argh! Have you finished, mate? It's just Indians are mental. Oh man! All right. Okay. What do so, you got? What do you got? All right. All right. So I went out to dinner, mate. I went out to a restaurant, and it was called uh, Soma S A U M A. So we start Ooh. off with with cocktails, mate. This cocktail, lad, perfectly. It's an Indian oh, place yeah. with Indian food. Yeah. Okay. First up, I cannot go out for Indian food. My mum makes like the best Indian food on the planet. And when I go out, I'm like, fuck this. This is watery dog shit. And you charge it too much. You're a piece of shit, right? So I, I very rarely go out for Indian food because I just get mad. I throw tables and then I just run out of the restaurant. So, okay. So I've had this recommendation from a mate of mine. And it's kind of a win-win for me because if it's a good restaurant, then great. I had a great experience. If it's a bad restaurant, I get to hammer my mate about it. So, this is, so we kicked off with cocktails, right? This was beautiful. So this had, uh, this was gin mint and kaffir lime with a dehydrated lime wheel in there perfect start to like an indian like dinner right mate oh and then there's writer on the bottom left there as well so that's like a really like yogurt with cucumber and grapes in it for really hot curries that was delicious okay 
This is uh, oh. palak paneer. So palak means uh, spinach and paneer is kind of like a Indian cottage cheese. Mate, the way they fucking cook this motherfucker. Oh my God. It just melts you in your mouth. Like I could drink this. It was that good. Like it was unbelievable. And we had like garlic naan uh, with it as well, which is the fluffiest thing on oh, the planet. And just eating this, smashing it, through it. And then, mate, the ultimate, got Ooh, stuck into goat curry. curry. So if there's goat ever curry. a goat curry, if there's ever a goat curry on a menu, or if you're eating Thai, duck curry, I'm getting into it. Always goat, man. And this thing was delicious. Like it was just <laughs> melting your mouth, amazing curry. Thought I'd died and gone to heaven, man. It was just that good. <laughs> And then this was the entree. This is onion bhaji. So this is like uh, onions with spices and stuff and then fried. And it was just unbelievable. Like, mate, I will give this place... All right, I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. I'm not giving it a 10 for two reasons. The goat curry could have been spicier. And the, okay. the roti that they gave us was just dog shit. I don't know. It was just like... It wasn't, it wasn't fluffy. It wasn't oily enough. It was probably, probably like good for what it is. But I'm like, nah. I'll just go with the garlic naan. And then I get a spicy goat curry, and it will be a ten out of ten, mate. What do you rate yours wow. out of ten? Oh, I, I missed my rating. That's a big, that's a that's a four course meal you've just given us. That's the four course meal of the week. I tell you what, I, I all, they had a set menu for sixty bucks, and you got like twenty things, and you walk out of there sideways. But they didn't have like the goat curry and the paneer, and they're like, but I really want those things, so we ordered those instead. Yeah, the set menu is like the you know just the, off, the sort of the off cuffs, you know, like not the popular stuff that they have to try and like. So, uh, it's what have they got my... left over, mate? Yeah, exactly. Whatever's gone bad in the fridge. My... <laughs> yeah, sixty bucks set menu. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna give my give you my final cake. I'm gonna give it a, give it an eight. Mate. Because you're not a dessert man, uh, but yeah, I, I was I was a fan of that. Not I'm a dessert man. Fan. Oh, I love dessert. Although, if they have like. Instead of dessert, they have like cheese and wine or like a port or coffee. I'll always oh, go for that. I love cheeses. You like cheeses, man? Yeah, I love cheese. Cheese Yeah. Get amongst yeah. it. Oh, I just love like a cheese. Like give me like a couple of different cheeses, like a blue and a hard cheese and something else. And then like a couple of grapes or figs or some quince paste, a couple of crackers, like nice port or wine. Oh, lad, get it on. <laughs> Mate, we, I'm, uh, I'm back in I'm back in Australia next week. So our next episode, episode six, is going to be back in the land down under. I'll be Amazing. back on Thursday. We can so, do it at a decent time, mate. Mate, I'll be able to have a coffee uh, rather than drinking alcohol when I uh, we don't have a beer. When <laughs> we'll, we'll, measure, we'll measure your performance, mate. Like how you're rated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you're not boosted up. Just, just go <laughs> the Irish coffee, mate. You're the CEO. You can do what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, it was funny. The guys from... Uh, uh, Zipmex, because uh, I did a I did a webinar with them with their with their users the other day and uh, yeah, and they were saying, oh mate, you didn't didn't bring your your seltzer to the to the webinar. <laughs> I let me watch the show. Yeah, I did see that in Slack. They're like, we thought you'd be drinking like eight percent white claws, mate. What's going on? <laughs> They've just pinned you like into this like stereotype where you like your random hotel behind a laptop sucking down coffees and white claws, mate. <laughs> so good. Oh yeah, that's a better burger joke. So anyway, I'll be mate, my travel so I'm gonna go from here to San Francisco tomorrow, Monday night, San Francisco to LA, LA to Fiji. I mean Fiji for ten hours. It's a ten hour layover in Fiji during the day. And then Fiji to Melbourne, Melbourne to Lonnie. It's gonna take me twenty twenty two hours on a plane, about thirty thirty four, thirty five hours. That's wild. You know. What's the Fiji airport like? They got stuff to do there, or is it near a beach or something? What are you going to do on your ten-hour stopover, mate? No, the, the airport. The, yeah, the airport was like, yeah, that's it's, it's not much happening in the airport. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go outside. I'm gonna. <laughs> I've got no idea what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna find Six a beach. white claws, mate. <laughs> Six white claws. I don't know. How far is the flight back from Fiji to Australia? Uh, about four hours to Melbourne. Oh, that's not too bad. So ten hours, ten hours from LA to Fiji. Yeah, and then four hours. Ten to, hours is yeah. yeah. I start to get it's itchy about, about the eight hour mark. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sixteen hours direct from LA to Sydney, like I probably would do just because you get out of the way. But it's that's that's so difficult. That's so shit. Yeah, going nah, to long haul flights, mate. But why hasn't flying gotten better? They got to do it. We know why because know, it man. sucks and it's hard to do. But I'm just waiting for that one day. Or at least like, you know, 
Let us teleport or something. Come on, guys. Get amongst it. Elon, if you're listening, baby, teleportation. <laughs> Berg's another awesome episode. Uh, if you listeners are enjoying the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Please give us uh, some feedback, like whether you slide up into the DMs or leave us a review. We want to hear from you. We've got our Discord, which you can join. Uh, we just genuinely want to hear on how we can improve. Is, do you like the structure this time? Do you not like the structure? Is there topics you want us to talk about and I want us to talk about? Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. As always, Collective Shift is the crypto company uh, Bergs and I work on helping people uh, get educated, get from zero to one, understand the markets, uh, not get scammed, not get uh, obliterated by the FOMO and you know the nonsense is out there. So we've got a bunch of free educational resources if you want to get into crypto. And if you're already investing, we've got a bunch of stuff as well in our membership platform you can check out as well over at collectiveshift.io. Mate, you nailed it. And we talk about mindset a lot and we've been through all the shit. We've been through every single scam. We've lost so much money. You'll learn from, from us so you won't have to. <laughs> we've got the battle scars to prove it. <laughs> we're, we're, it's we're on the blockchain. The we can't hide from it, mate. It's going to be there forever. <laughs> it's like Berg's got scam. Hya, hya, and hya. <laughs> <laughs> You got to my open sea. There's, there's mine. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the NFTs are now worth zero. Yeah. <laughs> we should listen to Matt more. <laughs> yeah. oh, awesome episode, right. mate. Loved it. Awesome, man. And uh, enjoy your trip, hey? And I'll see you next week. Have a good one, man. Enjoy your trip back. See ya. Good, man.